I'll swallow your soul! You're the weirdos, mister. Good evening, and welcome to episode number two of Coffins and Coffee with Dave and Ophelia. Hello. I'm currently broadcasting from what can only be described as the Bates Motel of Texas. Uh, <laughs> I, If you follow my journey on the Grindhouse podcast, you know that my show that I was working on for Netflix is on indefinite hiatus, so I'm heading back to Los Angeles, and I fucked up when I booked this place. It's an extended stay, and the manager was very nice, but I would not be surprised if there are hidden cameras watching me shower, and I'm going to get murdered in the middle of the night. I can't even, I can only see what I think could be described as a kitchen in your background there, and it looks It is a kitchen of sorts. It, you should see the stovetop. You can't even tell. It, it is, it's, it's choice is what this is. It is choice, but... When making a long road trip across the United States, um, there's there's nothing to do but listen to music. So, you know, give me time to think and listen and um, reclaim the art of listening to an album front to back, which we don't do anymore. You know, within the age of Spotify and singles and iTunes, like the the sort of um, the art of an album has been kind of lost. Right. I think, and I don't know if this is something that affects the um, the making and the thought behind the album. But like, for example, uh, you know, on this drive, I started listening to um, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and Infinite Sadness, right? And just from track one through like four to five, like you're just getting a really complete story, vastly different tracks. But you really, but it tells a story, right? That you wouldn't get if you were just sort of picking and choosing singles here and there. And I think um, I think that's one of those things that just has gotten lost over time that uh, is pretty unfortunate, you know. Uh, I think that's an important experience that one should be able to obtain when listening to music. Right, exactly. It's definitely a journey, this album. And like you said, not a lot of albums now are really like that. Like, it's like... They've just picked the best songs and gone, oh, yeah, cool. We'll, we'll put these on an album. Whereas this one's definitely from start to finish is is definitely a journey. It's, they're very well-picked songs. Right. And, and right now when we're all in quarantine for COVID-19, coronavirus, Wu-Tang Clan, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, a virus that originated from eating bats – we have time to maybe go back a little bit to the time when you had to sit and listen to an album from the beginning to the end to get the complete story and and so reclaim that love of the art of album making. And speaking of eating bats, you know, I think that if we had followed the advice of St. Ozzy, we would have known that eating bats is a bad idea. I mean, to be fair, he probably only survived because he is essentially like pickled at this point. I'm not even sure if he's actually alive or if he's just incredibly well preserved. There are people like Ozzy <laughs> and obviously like Keith Richards that, you know, pushed life so hard that it's almost unfathomable that they've survived this long. But I think there must be a threshold. Like if you can make it past a certain point, if there's like, you know, three overdoses in, if you manage to get to the other side of that, then you are actually immortal. Yeah, right. Keith Richards will outlast, like, would outlast nuclear winter. Like, Either that or every time Ozzy bites the head off a bat, he actually takes their power in essence. Kind of like a quickening from Highlander. I mean, maybe. And it, it adds years to his life. I mean, on the new album cover, he does have, like, bat wings. So maybe he's finally, like, achieved his final form. He's, like, gone Super Saiyan 3. <laughs> It's just, it's when powering up, he's just going, uh, um, uh, uh, fuck it, uh, shower, uh, fuck it, uh, rather than his sweet power, <laughs> powering up noise. Well, you're right. It's, uh, Ozzy has a new album that just came out this, was it this year, the end of last year? Uh, this year it came out. Right, called Ordinary Man, 
which is the first album that Ozzy's had in 10 years. And I'm a, I've always been a big Ozzy fan, uh, but you're really an Ozzy fan. He's my second dad. You have his portrait tattooed upon your leg. I know. I do. I do. It's pretty amazing. How many times have you seen him? I've only seen him twice. Um, he doesn't come down our neck of the woods that often. I saw him once when he played with uh, Black Sabbath. Uh, and then again uh, with you when we went to Ozfest at New Year's Eve fest, which is a which was a super cool way to spend New Year's Eve. So Ophelia and I went down to Ozfest in Los Angeles, and Ozzy actually counted down the New Year. It was um, fucking great. And then launched into Crazy Train. And then what? Sorry. And then launched into Crazy Train. Yes. Yeah, it was. Which was pretty cool. Lit. As the so kids say. what? I don't know if the kids still say that, and they don't dab either. So we'll go ahead and <laughs> they dab put Only those when they in sneeze the or okay. Cough. No, I think we can go ahead and put that in the okay boomer category and leave that behind us. I'm not um, a boomer. They are fleek though. Get wrecked. Yeah. So what do you? Th- so okay, as a huge Aussie fan, as someone who was able to participate in a documentary about Aussie, yes. um, what uh, what do you think about the new album? Um, I've got a few thoughts on the new album. <laughs> well, so, we've got time. We all have time. So now is the time to share them. Um, I was actually discussing this album not that long ago, uh, with my friend Leah, who also lives in LA. Um, she found the album incredibly predictable and I can see to a point where she would think that, cause like, this is what, like the first album in recent years, like Ozzy hasn't done with, uh, Zach Wilde. Um, you know, I don't think he did Scream with Zach Wilde either, though. Look, that album was fucking shit, too. <laughs> right. I don't um, know who he recorded that with, but I don't think I don't think it was um, Zach Wilde wrote the music for that. Right. Um, and I mean, that album was not my like, oh, I fucking bought it because it's Aussie. But it's like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite. Um, and he worked with a new producer on this one as well, I think. Yeah, he did. His name is Andrew um, Watman. Yeah, right. So I think he was... What's that fucking guy that's got a face like a school desk? Post Malone. Post Malone's <laughs> producer. He, um, well, he did He did a Post Malone album. Um, he's done Lana Del Rey. He's done Cardi B. He's done a really eclectic mix of mostly like um, really radio-friendly like hip-hop and pop, which is kind of strange. Yeah. But he has like some sort of metal band with the dude from Deep Purple. That like uh, plays around Los Angeles, so he's got some sort of rock and roll metal background. But as a producer, yes, but the vast majority of his work has been in the world of pop, which was which is a bit of a strange um, pairing, I think. And right. I and I have thoughts on this as well. And I think that um, that pairing has worked both with success on this album, and I think also where there are parts of the album that I think that go off the deep end a little bit. Right. But, I mean, just backtracking a little bit to Post Malone, did you see that edit that someone did online where they just took his tattoos off? No. <laughs> it, he looks like what you would imagine the kid that sits in his mum's basement playing WoW that smells like cabbage that jumps on Facebook and yells at people about flat earth theories. That's what he looks like without tattoos. <laughs> it's fucking- That's very descriptive. It's fucking hilarious. He looks like the dude that would send you a message in Messenger and you don't get it because it's in, in requested messages and you don't reply in five minutes. So he's like, cool, fuck you, bitch. Don't talk to me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he's that bad. I mean, he kind of looks like the long lost brother of Jack Osborne, though. So I mean, a, a little, little bit of a connection there. Maybe. I yeah. So, okay. So Leah thought it was predictable. What did you think about it, though? I mean, there are definitely some songs on there like, I could have done without. There's some fucking sick songs though. Like um, Under the Graveyard was fucking awesome. I loved that song. It was sick. Um, Like Scary Little Green Men was good. Like um, Straight to Hell is dope. That is a fucking great song. Like there's probably about like five or six songs that are excellent. I really didn't want to like Take What You Want. Because it's got there's that that song with Post Malone in it, right? So yeah, I didn't want to like that, 
but I'm surprised that I found that I, I do fucking like it. It makes me want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> well, so so here so here are my thoughts. So um, again, I listened to it in order, right? And right. I was trying to judge it as an album, not just as the singles. And obviously, I knew there were some singles that I liked. Um, I think that I generally agree with you. I think that there are about five or six songs that are great. And then there's another five songs, maybe of the remaining five songs, maybe three are like filler. And then there's a couple that just shouldn't be on here at all. And um, my, but my big note off the bat was uh, a track order. Because uh, Straight to Hell is a great opener. Solid right. choice. Right? Boom. Talk about storytelling. You know exactly what you're getting with this album. You're getting old school Ozzy. Right? It's Ozzy. It's Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's Duff McKagan. And it's this Andrew Watman guy. Sick lineup. And it sets the tone. It's not like the, the most like mature song in the world. But it doesn't matter. It's like... You're in for Aussie. You want old school '90s Aussie and and, and like '90s Aussie right. too, right? Yep. And okay, boom, great, right out the door. Then you go with All My Life, which I like, um, but I found it to be a little mellow for a second track. Right. You know, like you you come out of straight out of hell, and like to me, a great album is your your opening track sets the tone, and your second track ramps it up and then your third track you could take it down a little bit and then your fourth track you can uh you could go with the mel like the the melodic sort of slowed down song with this one it like starts out strong and then all my life and goodbye are like pretty slow and to me i think they missed a really golden opportunity to put under the graveyard as the the number two track can you imagine going from straight to hell to under the graveyard and then to goodbye and then to all my life I think that would be a much stronger, like, four songs out the gate. Boom, boom, boom. You, you set the tone. You ramp it up. You bring it down a little bit. Then then you bring it down a little bit more. And then you can get into your sort of more uh, eclectic tracks. See, I, I disagree. I think that the choice of having Straight to Hell's track one was killer. Having Under the Graveyard smack in the middle, killer. Closing with Take What You Want is dope it's the track listing in between that that i hold issue with i think there should have been a well, better lead into those tracks well so see for me this is the way i would have reordered it so i would have stayed with straight from hell i would go to under the graveyard because i i know what you're saying because you do about five song tra- track five or six you need that other pick me up right because this album this album falls under the tropes that a lot of older rock stars do which that it, it mellows out, right? And, um, you know, I always found Ozzy to be, like, metal metal's greatest Beatles fan. And you can hear a lot of that influence on this yeah, album oh, and a lot sure. of different tracks. Yeah. So, like, and I'm fine with that because Ozzy's old and, and he can't rock quite as hard as he used to be. And I'm fine with him maturing as an artist. But, um, you know, to me, I think, like, a Straight to Hell and then Under the Graveyard... You know, all my life, goodbye. Oh, goodbye, all my life, right? And then that puts you at what, track four or five? Then you go with Scary Little Men, which I think could take the place of um, of where Under the Graveyard currently sits. I mean, you got to go five tracks, good tracks. The first four tracks are, I, I, I would say this. Let me just straight, straight, from, uh, straight to hell, all my life, goodbye, Ordinary Man, Under the Graveyard, and Scary Little Men. And to a lesser, a lesser extent, The Raid, I like all these songs, okay? Uh, I think if you just, in fact, let's just take off It's The Raid for right now. If you just had uh, one, two, three, four, five, if you had those five tracks, you have one hell of an Aussie EP. Right. It's a little bit different, but it's also very reminiscent of the things that you really liked. Um, it's stuff like Eat Me and Today Is The End. And holy for tonight, that I feel are like real fillery tracks. Yeah, see, eat and, me and feels like it was left off his last album. Yeah, I could see that. Like could, it was I a B really side from that. Record. You know, you know what? Actually, I'll say that. Um, was it eat me? There was a what was the really long track? The really uh, long one. They're all about the same. I think goodbye was the longest track, at about five yeah. minutes. 
five and a half minutes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was definitely some tracks where I felt like this is filler, but I'm fine with it, right? Like it's a solid track. It doesn't blow my skirt up, but it's certainly, it's certainly like adds to the to the album a lot of them are sonically really really interesting you know i think they all, all, i think all the tracks complemented ozzy's vocals very right. well so okay even if you leave in eat me and uh holy for tonight uh and the raid like you're you're at eight and i think maybe you could throw one more of these tracks in there oh and then and then uh ordinary man like, I think that you can get nine really solid tracks and you'd have a, a great Aussie album. Right. Um, I think they missed a really huge opportunity with Ordinary Man being the final track. Because to me, that might, that along with Under the Graveyard, those two two tracks sort of bookending the album would make this excellent. Because Ordinary Man is like, it's a, it's a, it's a show closer. It's a, it's a lighter in the air kind of track. It's to put your arm around your old lady and pull her close as y'all both sing along to this kind of slow down it's it's like the mama i'm coming home or or motley Crue's yeah. home sweet home it's like yeah. it's in that world and to me that's what you should have ended this album with that's a killer and that's like not unusual for ozzy to, to do a song like that or more of a melody type song right. right um take what you want is should not be on this album now it's it's technically a <sighs> bonus track it's it, technically considered a bonus track, and it's not a bad track. It's it's, <clears throat> but it's literally not an Aussie track. It is actually a post Malone track. It's from his it's album. Right, exactly. It is. You're so right. it it just doesn't belong. I mean, it's a post Malone track. It's a decent post Malone track. I, I guess because because it is technically a bonus track, I'm not terribly upset with it. But it just completely does not fit whatsoever. And and I have no issue. With Ozzy pairing up with Post Malone, I know it's a gimmick, right? Artists get to a certain age and they start pairing up with like contemporary artists for that one last push into the mainstream. You know, Santana did in the '90s. I mean, this is this is I, I'm fine with it, and it kind of works, sort of. But I just didn't. I just feel like it doesn't fit anything of the rest of the album, and it's it's it does not really that same kind of cross pollinization between fan bases. So why have it? You know, if you're a Post Malone fan, you'll probably dig it on his album. If you're an Aussie fan, I just don't know that it quite fits with the other ten tracks. Right. It's like when Aussie did that song with um was it Rob Zombie he did a song with? I'm sure it was Rob Zombie. But see that's a lot more contemporary. That, I mean that that's a lot more stylistically right, matching. Like you could match that. I wanna see Aussie do a song with fucking like Marilyn Manson. Or sure. someone like that. That would be fucking Sick! I would dig that so you, hard. What did you think about "It's a Raid"? Oh fuck! Which one was that? I mean, that says it. That says it all, doesn't it? Like yeah. the fact that I'm like, it, it was track the it was, was the like it was the Aussie track with Post Malone versus the Post Malone track with Aussie. Is that the one where he goes off on some fucking rant? He's like, "Oh, it's my yeah, fucking like, smokes." Post yeah, yeah, that one. That draw one. On my face, yeah. daddy. Like fucking. Yeah. <laughs> his face his face tattoos look like Ozzy's knee tattoos. Fucking pencil on me, daddy. Yeah, I yeah, okay, so again, yeah, I just it's weird because like the first I disregarding like rearranging the tracks, which I may do and make like a Spotify playlist just to see if it if it flows better. Yeah. Um the first five tracks and Scary Little Man, so six tracks are stellar. I think they're like, listening to the first five tracks, I was, I, I was ready at that point to be like, fuck yeah, this is a return to Ozzy, because he's getting up there in age, and uh, we this may be the last Ozzy album, and if it is, it's a it's a damn good final right. bow. Yeah. And then the rest of the tracks came in, and I felt like it really went off, it really went off the, the rails in some way. A little bit. I mean, but aside from the track list and getting off track a little bit, how's that fucking 24 <laughs> album... Getting off track? <laughs> um, how's that 24 album box set that he released to go along with it? Holy fuck! I mean, 100. we have it at home. I haven't opened it yet. Unopened. It is the fucking coolest box set ever. It is so fucking sick 
It is dope. Well, what makes it dope? I mean, so you get like fucking every Aussie album, right? But then within the box set, right, there's an app you can download. I don't want to give too much of it away because if you've got the box set and haven't listened to it or if you've got it on on reorder because I think they sold out and they were going to re-release some. I'm not sure. But basically, like, there's an app you get to go with it and you can hold it up to certain records and you can watch Ozzy perform like at, like a hologram on top of the disc. Like, there That's is, super cool. There is, like, a, there's an intro that he does is like a hologram in the front lid of the box set. Like, it's fucking cool. Like, it's really cool. And all of the, like, records are super collectible. They're all, like, coloured vinyl. Some of them are splattered vinyl. Actually, they're all splattered vinyl. Um, but multicoloured vinyl. It's And the box set just looks sick. Like, it'd want to be, though, for bloody... How much did it cost? <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> but, see, but see, like, if, if this album is sort of in, in collaboration with a total, like, career-spanning box set, don't you think it's all the more reason that they could have just done a six-album EP? A six-album EP? Or, what? Do you mean a six-song EP? Yeah, sorry. Six-song yeah, EP. Yeah, right. I was like, what? A the sick f- songs EP is what it needed to be. Yeah. It's funny because, like, I pulled up this thing because I wanted to see what else was in the box set. <laughs> it's like got every Ozzy Osbourne album ranked. Number 10 is Black Rain. Fuck, that album was bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think Black Rain was worse than Scream? I cannot think I of know. a song off Black Rain. Oh, I don't want to stop. Okay, yeah. That's the but, saving grace of that album. I can't think of a single album. What's what's a track on Scream? Scream. It's, I mean, I. It's not that great. I, I, it's like that I don't even catchy. I don't even remember exists, dude. It has the same name as the album, and I don't even remember that song exists. It's. I don't think it's the same name. I think it's like. Uh it's got Scream in the title of it. I think though. What's your favorite Aussie album? Oh, see, this is a whole other fucking thing. I think we've oh, had yeah. this argument okay. before. Well. Uh, my favorite. Who? What is my favorite? It's probably No More Tears. See, I don't know. I don't think I could fully commit to picking one. I don't think I could do it. Let's look at No More Tears. <laughs> like I don't know. There's just so much fucking good. Like, and there's a lot of albums that like I forget. How fucking good they oh, are! Like so good. I mean, look, look. You have you have um, Mr. Tinker Train. I don't want to change the world. My mom coming home. Desire. No more tears. Sin. Hellraiser. Time after time. Zombie Stomp. Avh. Road to Nowhere. Don't blame me. Is the is on the as a bonus track from the reissue, and uh, Party with Animals, which I don't even remember. That's a it fucking had, good song, man. That is such a good song. It's I, so, so fun. here's the thing. So I know what. So this is where our argument tends to lie: is that who's better? Now, who who's the artist? Who's the guitar? The Aussie guitarist don't, that you prefer? Don't. No, no, no. I'm just listen, listen. This is what we do. No. And my the the Aussie guitarist that I prefer is Saint Zach Wild. Yeah, I mean you're entitled to your wrong opinion, and that's fine. Look, I know everyone loves Randy Rhodes. Everyone faps over fucking Mr. Crowley, but like, and, and he's amazing. And even Zach Wall would probably give you know tip his hat and and say that if, if it wasn't for Randy Rhodes, he wouldn't even exist. But to me, as someone who uh, just really appreciated that Zach Wild was able to mature Ozzy and keep him relevant in the '90s and beyond. While, while not portraying that sound. Because, like, okay, like, look at, like, Motley Crue, right? Motley Crue, pretty kick-ass band, tries to be relevant in the 90s, completely sucks at it, right? Uh, all other hair bands, uh, uh, even Guns N' Roses, right? All these bands have, like, a window, and then they just couldn't stay relevant. Mm. Do you have to understand, like, how dip What? Fucking... Iron Maiden have been sick forever. Yeah, but that's different because Iron Maiden just is Iron Maiden. They never had to evolve. They're like Slayer. Like Iron Maiden just, you, I don't know what their last album was, but you put it against any of their albums and it's basically the same kind of music. Like they never changed and they don't have to. No. Like they're one of those bands like Slayer that can do the same album, every album, and that's fine because that's all people want. Okay? But... Um, 
and frankly, Iron Maiden to stay relevant. The last album that I remember that was really like kind of broke out of the niche was the one that had Wicker Man on it. Was right. it just called Wicker Man, do you remember? Fuck, yeah. I don't remember. And they had to add three guitars. They had, they had to go three guitars to get that one up there. But um They didn't have to, they just but what, did. But but like what Zach Wilde was able to do was take Ozzy's sound, which was the their first three albums are like so dis the four albums are like so distinctly eighties heavy metal, which is awesome, right? Right. And if you look at the albums in the '90s with Osmosis and No More Tears, like they're still metal, but they're like, they're like, at, they were able to sort of hang with the heavier bands that sort of came after that, like a, a Pantera and Slayer and things of you know Metallica, and they were able to stay right in that range. And I think that that is extraordinarily difficult to do. I think that Zach Wild has never seen a pitch harmonic that he didn't like, <laughs> and I think that you know. I, Ozzy's a singer, and he very easily could have fallen off the wayside after Randy Rhodes passed away. Right. So I give extra credit to Zach Wilde because he was not only able to step in, but he was also able to mature Ozzy's sound to stay relevant for another decade. Now, right, because he came in in two thousand. He came in for what, like No Rest for the Wicked? That's when he came in, right? Eighty eight. Yeah. He was like twenty. I believe so. <laughs> yeah, he was a kid. Yeah. He was a kid, and he was able to take Ozzy's sound and make it, you know, and 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 keep and keep the transition very um, seamless. Like he came in in '88, right? So you know, his albums are No Rest for the Record, No More Tears, Osmosis. And he was on Down to Earth and Black Rain, but you know, I don't know how much he was involved with writing at that point. He was doing Black Label Society, probably, yeah, around that time. Yeah, the first Black Label Society album was. In 1999, so he he, he was distracted, <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, I mean it, it's just so that's why I, I I and I know that it's one of those things that everyone will will rake me over the coals for 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 choosing Zach Wild over Randy Rhodes, but I just feel like to me those are the tracks I tend when I put on Aussie tracks I tend to put on Zach Wild tracks more often yeah. than I do Randy Rhodes tracks. I mean, see if I was if like. I couldn't pick one album. I could never do it. They just couldn't do it at all. But, like, it would have to be, like, Blizzard of Oz, Diary of a Madman. I'd probably skip over No More Tears and go straight into Ultimate Sin. I fucking loved Ultimate Sin. But, like, around that era, that was, like, one of, like, the least popular albums. But Shot in the Dark, holy fucking fuck, that is my jam. I, I don't think... I uh, love that track. I don't think Zach Wild was... I don't think Zach Wild was on Ultimate Sin, was he? No, he was He was on The Rest for the Wicked, which was the album after. Oh right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And like, and like, No Rest for the Wicked was a good album, and there are some really good tracks on No More Tears as well. But it's like, mm. well, No More Tears was a was an album after No Rest for the Wicked. I think so. Yeah, eighty eight, ninety one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was see, a Bucket, The moon for... was so good. I just, I can't, I can't pick, I can't make, I can't pick albums. I can't do it. I can't do it to Ozzy. I'm sorry. Oh, Jake like every Lee, album the had lost good songs. of Ozzy. Mm. Yeah, and 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 you know what? Let's be honest. I think we talked about sort of the art of album making. I don't know that you could ever consider Ozzy's albums to be like top to bottom some sort of sonic adventure. They they were filled with some really great tracks, but he was never above putting in filler tracks. Also, um, yeah. I mean, I kind of agree, but I think you know, there's not there aren't a lot of artists that can make just albums of bangers like there's just i mean unless you're iron maiden because they're not human right but, um, but iron maiden again is like they've got a kind of a formula and i love it and they should never change but they're not breaking new ground and they haven't broken any new ground since the 80s they don't fucking need to they made the ground they don't need to break it i don't know if they made it oh, look, judas you can priest just... might have listen judas priest Get may wrecked. have don't no. 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 Hold on. Hold on. I don't, I'm not saying I prefer Judas Priest. I'm not saying that. In fact, Damn quite the right. opposite. I prefer Iron Maiden. However, you could certainly make the argument. I had a conversation once uh, with Thomas Lindbergh of At The Gates. He was singing for a band called The Crown. And they, uh, I think they headlined the show that Darkest Hour 
was the, the co-headliner for. And my band at the time, Among the Embers, was like the local opening act. For, oh, another one of your uh, bands. The, yes. <laughs> this was this is this predated uh, giving you a pistol. So Among the Embers was more of our melodic death metal band. Right. And then we evolved or devolved, depending on your point of view, into giving you a pistol, which was much more of a metalcore band. But Among the Embers opened for Darkest Hour in the Crown, and one of the band members from Darkest Hour left his bag at my house where they crashed and ate shrimp, which was gross because I'm vegan. And, <laughs> um, and so me and my buddy decided we would dr- – their next show was in Dallas, and we were in Corpus Christi, which is like – 10 hours away but we decided we were going to hop in the car and we were going to drive the bassist bag back to him right and um and so we're there and so they're like yeah dude that's so super cool come into the show you can watch the show for free and uh, and thomas Lindbergh, who was no at, not at, at the time was not was no longer in at the gates he and i were having a discussion about which band was better iron maiden or judas priest thomas Lindbergh would say Judas Priest. Thomas However, Lindbergh. I still hold. I mean, he's a singer for At the Gate, so let's show a little respect. But <laughs> I would still say, for my personal taste, I would go with Iron Maiden. Yes. But they're both, I mean, you know, 1A, 1B. I mean, I couldn't pick like an Iron Maiden song and say, I really don't like that track. Like, they're wonderful. Uh, Best bass I'm player sure in history. Ever, forever, ever, ever. Yeah, I mean, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. No, 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 no. I'm entitled to it, but I, I don't have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> you sure as hell do. I'm sure as hell don't. So anyway, so so how would you rank How would you rank the Ozzy album? I mean, over on Grindhouse Podcast, we rank with Tusk. I don't know that that's appropriate on Coffins and Coffee. What what should we use as our, as our sort of ranking system Ooh. for albums? Um, splorches. <laughs> splorches. How many? Okay, out of from of zero to five splorches, how many splorches would you give Ozzy Osbourne's Ordinary Man album? I would give it. Oh, it's like breaks my heart to even have to rank him. I would give it. I would give it a solid four and a half splotches out of a possible five. Oh, you are biased as hell. I am not. It okay. Like, let's be real though. If those songs were by any other artist, you'd be like, they're good songs. You wouldn't be like, that. That's no. fucking shit. No. No, actually, I quite the opposite. I think if half the tracks were by another artist, I'd be like, pass. You know what's aw- uh, odd? Did you uh, were you ever like a Stone Temple F- Pilots fan? No. <laughs> So, there, I can't, it's so hard for me to sort of describe what I'm talking about, but if you just listen to it, there are a few sonic moments that remind me of STP's number four. Not the songs in their totality. I don't know if it was the drumming or it was like the guitar sound or the producing. I looked up the producer to see if he had some like connection there and he doesn't. But there was just like, and maybe it's not STP directly, but it was like this. If you listen to the album, you can just hear a, a, a hint of like late 90s alt rock kind of infused within okay, it. I don't like know if I you picked that. up on any of that. Actually, probably the only real gripe that I have with the album is that the start of Under the Graveyard and the start of um, that Take What You Want song, real similar. Am I the only person that heard sure. that? Like every time one of those songs no. plays, I think it's the other one. I felt like, as in in general, the the tracks that we all like felt like tracks that were written with Ozzy in mind, and then the tracks that I don't think we care for as much feel like they were tracks that Ozzy sang on. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and I I, I really do. I mean, as much as I love, it's because again, like the songs that I love, I love, and I wouldn't want to change. But I really feel like they made a mistake not including Zach Wilde in the recording process. Yeah. Because I really do even if even if the producer was the main writer, I do think that having someone who is who has such a familiarity with Ozzy and Ozzy's sound would have been a really good person to have in there. I mean, yeah, you had Duff, you know, and he's he's certainly like a staple of the metal scene or the rock scene. But again, he's a rock guy. 
Yeah, you know, exactly. Guns N' Roses were like a rock band. They weren't a metal band, really. And uh, Chad Smith of, of Red Hot Chili Peppers, same thing. Super talented. Not a metal guy. Yeah, right. And so maybe maybe that's where I'm hearing that sort of like mid-late 90s sort of alternative heavy rock sound. I, I'm not really sure. But um, I guess for me, in terms of Splorks, is it Splorks? Splorches. Splorches. Come along with the Splorches. That's the spor- That's oh the snork song. <laughs> the um, snorks. Correction from last week. Uh, I would give it three and a half splorches. Okay. I think it's a it's a check it out. It's a you're gonna love the stuff you love, and most of the rest of the stuff is just forgettable. There's nothing on there that I hated, except for that post Malone bonus track. But again, it's a bonus track, so fine. Um, there's nothing on there I hated at all. The second half of the album, I definitely started skipping tracks. Yeah. And I really think that if they had done a better job of, of ordering the tracks and had ended on Ordinary Man, then I think that I would have been – it would have kept my interest throughout it. I felt like they shot their their wad halfway through the album, and then the second half was just like not that great and not memorable at best and downright shitty at worst, and it's like – Okay, cool. Let's just cut the album in half and call it a day. So they shot their load midway through the album. They spent the rest of the album just mopping it up with Kleenex. Exactly. Which is what we should all do. And wash our hands. Yes. And wash your fucking hands afterwards. My and wash God. your hands before and afterward. Yeah. Speaking of sanitation and being clean. as I love being clean. Um, so I was going through some stuff. Like, I was, like, unpacking some boxes and repacking some boxes because that's what we do in self-isolation. I'm fucking bored. I'm bored. I need shit to do. Okay. So, yeah. I was, like, going through all these boxes. Sure. And now, I'm sure I've told you before, I collect weird books. Okay. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Weird books. And I found a book in my box of books that is only pictures of cute Japanese girls licking doorknobs. That is not a good idea to do the coronavirus but, challenge. Like you all can't see, but like I can show, I can show Dave. It's just a book, no, no words inside, just photos of like there's a girl here covered in stickers and she's licking. None of them are wearing shoes either, so I guess that's nice. This is why ju- this is why Japan went back into lockdown because people there's were some, licking doorknobs. Some feet. Bitch, you could be okay, making money on OnlyFans from that. What the fuck are you doing? Like, just, just pictures of... I'm just showing some ASMR page-turning noises here, but it's just bitches licking doorknobs. I thought that was just... Yeah. This is like the opposite well, of listen, the world now. This is true. That's a collector's item. There, right. are, there will be a time when you're an old granny and... You'll be having some grandkids, maybe some great grandkids, sitting around the campfire, and you, being the gagilf, will be sitting around there telling them a story of the good old days before the the pandemic took over the world, when Japanese young ladies would randomly lick metal doorknobs for the pleasure of middle-aged Japanese businessmen. Could you imagine just reading this as a storybook? Like you're just like showing your kids, yes. and they're like. You should make up a story based on those photos. Oh, that one's nice. What's that one? Oh, yeah, she's in a bath with ducks, rubber duckies. No, no. Well, that one's nice, too, but there was, there was, you flipped past the one I was looking at. I don't know what one that was. What was it? She was, she was, she was sensually caressing the doorknob as she looked up with it with longing eyes, hoping to win the approval of the doorknob and the middle-aged businessman who would buy that book. Or weird Aussie metal chicks. Yeah, look, I just bought it because it's fucking dumb. So while I found this, I was like, oh, where <laughs> where are these other books? So I've got these other two books, which y'all can't see. They're called um, How to Use Fuck and How to Use Bitch. And <laughs> there are uh, books for Japanese native speakers that teach them how to use swear words. Curse words. Okay. And it comes with the CD. That's C- an important. And it comes with the CD. Oh my god. But then but the funniest part is inside the book. It's got illustrations and like examples of how to use like how to use these words. So the term that it uses here is holy fuck. And then it's like mm-hmm. it means Jesus Christ is basically saying here. And then the usage is 
holy fuck, how did that money get here? And it's a picture of Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> Is Bill Gates licking a doorknob? No, he's not licking a doorknob, unfortunately. I don't know why there'd be well, money on the doorknob. Well, that's why Bill Gates... Bill Gates is a billionaire that should be a trillionaire if he took up licking up metal knobs for the enjoyment of middle-aged businessmen. Just join Bill Gates OnlyFans. Yes, I would. <laughs> Think um, about that. Depending on how long I'm in quarantine for, I might, I might invest in that. I would. I'll do feet pics, y'all. Watch me sanitize my feet, daddy. Fifty bucks OnlyFans. With uh, with you should just like just videos of your toes, like. You know that real, that real thick sort of sanitizer, like yeah. you squish your toes in it. Just like yeah. squeezing it onto my feet and be like, "Oh, daddy, look just how like, clean yeah, my like, feet are. They're so dirty. I need to clean them." Pawing at the at the uh, sanitizer. You need yeah. that green kind with I, the bubbles in it. Yeah, I can do that weird thing we, with my toes you need too. Bo- you need you need boba hand sanitizer. Oh my fuck! Yes, and it should smell like right. Tea. But and I can. Put your feet in it and make videos of it. But I can do that weird thing with my toes that I'm like, separate them like one toe at a time. Yeah. This, why am I working? You should just be my sugar mama selling feet videos, mas- massaging feet videos and boba hand sanitizer that smells like tea on OnlyFans. Fuck! Yes. Yeah. Make it happen. But some of the illustrations so. in this book are fucking dope. Like... <laughs> It's got a picture of... <laughs> this one is usage of the word fuck. What the fuck is with this guy? And it's got a picture of, like, Friday the 13th. <laughs> That's brilliant. But then... Will you, will you take a photo? You should take a photo of that, and we'll put it on our Instagram that you are so gracious enough to run so that I don't have to run yes. five pages. This one's one of my favorites, And would you like though. to... Would you, Wait, would you like to let everyone know what our Instagram is so that they can follow it? Uh, it's at Coffins and Coffee Podcast. That's right. And Mr. Sophia runs it diligently. And she will let you know when the next show is. And sometimes she'll let me know when the next show is. <laughs> yeah, fuck. So I can make sure to have it edited and ready to go. Um, but then in this one, bitch, this one's how yes. to use the word like, this one's just bitch. Fuck is like sure. fuck and damn and hell and shit. But bitch is exclusively oh. for just the word bitch. And I see that. Like if we go through this one, this is my favorite page. So I had to like dog ear it. And it says, so how do you use the word bitch? You had a dog. So wait, 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 wait. You had a dog ear in the book bitch? Yeah. That's how you use the word bitch. I had to dog ear my book bitch. And it's, <laughs> this thing is. Man, your girlfriend is hot. You want a bitch switch? I do not. <laughs> so, and it's that's, like that's excellent. Oh man, there's one here, Michelle Obama. There's one of like <laughs> the Dalai Lama and Barack Obama. It says they they are bitching about each other. I believe that actually. Well. There you go. Book, the book corner with Mr. Sophia. If you're into uh, young Japanese ladies licking doorknobs during this coronavirus epidemic, if you want to see someone living on the wild side, pick up whatever that book is called from Japan with no words in it. And <laughs> if you want to learn better usage of the word bitch and fuck and damn and other curse words, please directly message on our coffins and coffee instagram and i'm sure there will be photos of these books so that you can get on your to your local bookstore when the ban lifts and buy these books and have them for your own personal collection well you might be able to order them online i'm not sure they're pretty like it's hard to translate they won't have them at your local bookstore i got these all from village vanguard what have you what if you live in Japan? I mean, if we have viewers in Japan, head down to Village Vanguard. That place is fucking tight. They have so yes. much cool shit. Now, I have to make a correction, and I'm shocked no one has brought it up yet. But last week, I said that Come On, Fill the Noise was by Creensryke, covered by them. It's not. It is Quiet Riot. 
That oh, it is too. Why the fuck did I think it was? Is it? It's a Slade song, though, right? No, it is a Slade song that they covered. But I always get Queensrÿche and Quiet Riot mixed up. Why? And it because they both have a Q in their name, and that's enough <laughs> for me. And I was watching a YouTube video on um, what were they covering? Oh, like what killed hair metal? And they mentioned that, and I was like. And I was like, of course, it's quite right. And there it is. So my apologies. I'm sure someone is going to yell at me for any number of the things that I flub on the show. But that's fine. We appreciate it. Go to Coffins and Coffee on Instagram and you can leave all your complaints about things that we get wrong. You could tell me why I am wrong for thinking that Zach Wilde is more preferable than Randy Rhodes. You can also tell me why Salmon Gallup is, in fact, a better bass player than the bass player for Iron Maiden. And what you think, and what you think of the new Aussie album? We gave it between three and a half and four and a half splorkers. Splorches! You don't even know what you're saying anymore. Do I even know what the thing is? I still don't. Splorch! And just think of I, the sound that it makes. Splorch. It's been a very, it's Splorch. been a very long drive. It's been a very long drive. It has been a long so drive. To, to wrap the show up, I, I was thought we could sort of do something fun uh, for those of you who might have to travel during this quarantine time what is your favorite absolute favorite road trip song if you had to pick one oh shit i don't know well what's yours because you've obviously had a lot of time to think about this that's true i've been driving 12 hours today i think it's got to be i mean i I, honestly i think it's got to be Freebird. you know like you like you're on that long winding highway and you just see that sun coming up over the horizon, maybe over some mountainside. You, you look to your right and there's nothing but desert on either side and you hear that sick solo kick in and all you can see is your destiny in front of you and the open road. You know what's funny? So last time me and Dave did a road trip from LA to Texas. We made a road trip songs playlist and this is actually hilarious. I just realized this now as I opened it. Amongst the first, like, ten songs is Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne, Bark at the Moon by Ozzy Osbourne, Junkie by Ozzy Osbourne, Mr. Crowley by Ozzy Osbourne, Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. <laughs> Two Minutes till Midnight well, by I think Iron we could... Maiden. What's your favorite Iron Maiden song? Ooh. Ooh. As soon as I say one, I'm going to be like, nope, it's this. Nope, it's this. I mean, you the you got to pick one. Someone has a gun to my head, which is totally likely in this Bates Motel, and they have to ask you, what is your absolute... You you can only listen to one Iron Maiden song for the rest of your days. What song do you pick? Oh, (laughs) I I picked Death. I don't think I could do it. Like, I love... Like, The Trooper is a great song. Run to the Hills has one of the best, most effective bass lines out of any song I've ever heard, like, in my life. But Number of the Beast is, like, a fucking great track, too. They've just got so many good tracks. I don't think... I Again, like Ozzy, like, I don't think I could There pick. is a gun... There's a gun to my head. You have to pick, or my, ba- my brains will paint the walls behind me. What track Wait, do you pick? There's a gun to my head or to your head? My head. And then I've got to pick or you die. Yes, you have to pick. In order to save my life, you have to pick an Iron Maiden song. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Probably run to the hills then. Okay, that's a good choice. That's a safe choice. I'm going to go with Wasted Years. It's, mm, awesome. it's a good song, but it's like so... It's It's like... It's just very typical of that era. Run to the Hills is fucking dope. The Trooper is also a fucking fantastic song. Like Yes, the, the wonderful songs. I'm not even saying there's not better Iron Maiden songs, but but if you're asking me which track I can listen to and never get sick of, it's Wasted Years. Yeah. It's 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 mm. a typical it's 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 typical Iron Maiden, but it also has this like nostalgic feel to it and the melody is is second to none. Uh, it's just this, and it's and it's also got this sort of anthemic oh, vibe to it like, at the same time. Oh, but then do I want to take it back and pick Two Minutes Till Midnight? That's a fucking great song too. That that would probably be my <sighs> no, no, not Two Minutes. I would say my my number my number two track would be uh, Fear of the Dark. 
That's a fucking good song too. God damn it. Looks like you're dying, B. Sorry. That's okay. I took too long. Well, again. Yeah, what happens? <laughs> well, would you like to... Is there, are there any other weird things that you discovered over the the week that you'd like to share with our listeners before we head out? Mm. Mm. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I did have another book here, mm. but it's just crappy taxidermy. No one cares about that. It's crappy taxidermy? Like it's intentionally crappy taxidermy? Well, the, here's the thing. I can't... Is it like, is it like messed up tiger? <laughs> no, like I... Shitty okay. tiger? So... I can't read much Japanese, so I can't read what's in here. And I did try to use... I thought you were just going to tell me that you couldn't read, like, like Floyd Mayweather. So I can't... You had this hidden shame this whole time. I can't read. Um, Good thing you didn't read the contract where we signed. Fuck. Did it have butt stuff in it? Yeah. Lit. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was... I don't know whether this book is supposed to be... Hey... I made taxidermy and preservations of weird animals because it's fun or I made taxidermy and preservations and dry samples of weird animals because I'm trying to make you think they're real. Like there's a section here where you're like sick. It's just like turtles and shit. There's a section here. It's like sick. There's like bats and shit. But then there's sections in here that are like, Oh, here is a gargoyle skeleton. Like, I'll show Dave because I can't show y'all, but... And here's, okay. like... So this is a little Rippies, believe it or not. I don't know. And, like, here's, like, a fucking dragonfly man. He's supposed to be, like, a homo pumulus microid. See, see, I thought this was, was going to be a book of, like, crappy taxidermy. There is a crap like, taxidermy, taxidermy book. It's fucking dope. It's literally... Like, people who are just really, really bad at it. Yeah. Did you ever see that taxidermy ad on YouTube that was like, nope, Chuck Tester? <laughs> no, but I've, I've given serious consideration of taxidermy and Sophie when, when her time comes so that she can be with me forever. Oh, my God. Can we make her, her into her like in a foot? Room. No, f- make her into a foot table. So you can put your Dude, feet that's in. not cool. Yeah, she like it. little girl. She like it. Little dog girl. She like it. Fur dog. She like it. That's weird. It's very strange. Uh. <laughs> okay, that's all the time that we have this week. I'm going to hit the road again tomorrow. Let's see how far that I can get. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Check out the new Aussie album, Ordinary Man. Let us know what you think about it. Let us know if you agree with our assessment, if you think we're wrong, if there's a track that you like, a track that we didn't mention, something that you came away from. We're, we are opening the floor to you to give us your feedback. This is community We're all in this COVID-19 pandemic quarantine together. Feel free to reach out with any of your comments, questions. Let us know what you think about books about young ladies licking doorknobs and shitty taxidermy. For Dave and Ophelia, goodbye and good night. Wash your damn hands. Wash your damn hands and your dick. (laughs) 